Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. This is Chrissy Jambowski, and I have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Chrissy. And this is Beth Ann, and today we're very excited to have Dr. Don McCown joining us. Don is a professor and director of contemplative studies at Westchester University, and he's here today to talk about a, a program um, that is available for parents and caregivers called Learning Life Skills Together. Don, thanks for joining us. We're real excited to hear all about this program and this new resource, and uh, we're excited to, uh, to hear what you have to share with us today. Okay, well, thank you, Chrissy and Beth Ann, um, for for inviting me um, to a platform where I can talk to parents. So, so this is this is the heartbeat of learning life skills together. Yeah. So, learning life skills together is an online program. So, it's it's all available online. Um, it is asynchronous. So, you just come on at any time and can take the course. So the course is really, um, I don't want to say simple, but I do want to say simple. So it's, it's simple to do. Um, it's, it's mounted on, you know, the internet and it is available via cell phone. So you can come, come on, sign in, you get your lesson, which is three to five minutes long. You can watch it, listen to it on your phone and move on to the next one as you feel comfortable. So, you know, we're really, we've really tried to make it as easy access as possible. So, and, and, and to make it as sort of simple as possible because these life skills that we talk about, there are, there are four of them. And these are life skills that as parents, you all have, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So, so you are a successful adult and you know how to pay attention to what's going on around you and how you're feeling within yourself, right? So that that's the first skill is just knowing what's going on and what's going on with you. From there, you can start to, to do things, right? So the first thing we can do is work with our own emotions. So we notice, wow, I'm getting really frustrated here. You know, let me take a step back, take a deep breath and see where I want to go, see what I want to do. So, so we're already in that grown-up environment, right? With, with just with two, just two skills in. So the next skill is working with those moments that are distressing, but that may not be ending when we'd like. You know, we can't, we can't quite, we, how do we get through those difficult times that we have? And then finally, clearly communicating. So, you know, this is, this is another skill that is really important. So if you reflect on what our 
kids need to be able to do, those are the things, right? If if your three-year-old could say to you, hey, dad, I'm really scared right now, mm-hmm. rather than melting down, you know, and are just throwing himself on the floor, <laughs> you know, it's... um it's it's a miraculous thing and it's just that basic skill of knowing what's happening mm-hmm. how am i feeling this is how i'm feeling i'm feeling frightened well you know little kids don't necessarily know that so we're starting right there at the very with the very basics of learning what your emotions are and then learning how they work what can i do with mm-hmm. this how can i how can i work with it and if it has to go on for a while, how can I do these things? So with the little kids, so I, I, since I introduced a three-year-old, that means that the parents need to be doing that for and with the child, right? So the child says, I'm scared. You pick them up. You hold them. You pat them on the back. You tell them that it's going to be all right. You do all those things. And so here's the deal. I mean, the the reason that we know what's going on and we know how to do that is that somebody did that for us, Mm. right? Somebody picked us up and said, oh, honey, you're really scared right now and patted our back and made us feel better. And so as we do those things, you know, we learn it. And so, you know, as the children get older, they don't need us quite as much, but they still need us. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask you to, do you sometimes need someone to help you regulate your emotions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daily, <laughs> sometimes hourly. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So, so this, this is, this is a team sport, right? It is. Oh, I mean, it's a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we, we have to, we have to help each other through these things. Oh, we do. And, and so we get, I, I like to say, we get a lot of chance to practice and practice is what makes it happen for our kids. The more that we can practice these things with them, you know, sort of, the stronger they get at doing this for themselves. And it's, of course, it's a lifelong mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, yeah. we, we still have to call my wife and say, hey, honey, yeah. listen to this, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, so when you, because these four tenets, so it's paying attention, regulating emotion, tolerating distress, and clearly communicating, which yeah. basically as a person who has been working with a therapist for you're in almost two years. I'm like, wow, that's pretty much all summed up of like everything that you basically work with a therapist one-on-one to do is something, a mixture of all of those skills. Um, this is it. But it's yeah. interesting because when I went to your website and I started looking at the program, you know, it's interesting because when you first read like quote unquote life skills, you know, I think we, as parents, me and myself personally in my head, a lot of times I'll think, okay, this is a life skill you need to know. So that could be like, okay, I have to teach my kid how to pack their own lunch. I have to teach them how to make a phone call to order a pizza, how to go up to a register and pay someone. You know, I think of those things as life skills, you know, managing your time, completing your homework on time, like all, and they, they are life skills, but it's interesting because I think a lot of times you might not think these emotional health, mental health skills are the things that are life skills to learn and that 
we might not be taught them as explicitly as they should be taught. So can you, can you, can you kind of share how you came up with these four tenants to be like the main things under this umbrella of this program? Yeah. So, so the four life skills are, as you say, the four things that you learn in therapy. So, you know, this program was developed in response to what we could call the youth mental health crisis, right? It has, it has become more and more difficult for kids to make sense of their world and make sense of their inner world. You know, um, the pandemic really did not anyone right so so we've seen a lot of pressure on our mental health system particularly at that at the pediatric level um, because of all this and so this program you know was developed the our state senator carolyn Kamita asked me to build this mm-hmm. you know i didn't they didn't go to her and say we should do this. she came to me and said don we need to do something that would mm-hmm. be that would be in your wheelhouse you know i.e um, these sort of contemplative things, these very basic things that we do with our mind and body, you know, to calm ourselves. She, she, you know, she, she said, can you figure out a way to, to do this? So what I looked at was Chrissy is exactly what you're saying. One of the main um, therapies that we use with kids who are in crisis is dialectical behavior therapy, DBT. Mm-hmm. And the group part of DBT is focused on these four skills, basically. So we've sort of rounded the skills off a little bit because we're not teaching them therapeutically, right? right? Mm-hmm. And we're not actually teaching them at all. We're asking the parents to share them. So, you know, like I was saying, these are responses that are built into us, you know, as parents and as adults. What's going on with me right now? You know, I'm I'm, my heart is really racing. (laughs) You know, I'm really feeling anxious about this. Okay, let me get myself together take a look at what's going on and then I'll be able to move on. These kinds of basic skills are, you know, things that we can share and things that we just plain model. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking about these four skills and, and a lot of what the program is meant to do is to raise our consciousness as parents about these, right? So if I'm doing this, practicing again and again in the house, the kids are going to see me doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if I really want to be sophisticated about it, when it's a, a thing with the kid, I could speak it out loud. I could say, you know what? I'm noticing my heart is really pounding right now and my muscles are really tense. So I'm really anxious about this. I'm going to take a minute and take a couple of deep breaths because I know that that's one thing that calms me. And I can do that and I can do that with the child. And then we can continue our conversation. And so I haven't, you know, given them a lesson. I haven't taught them something, but maybe they're getting the idea. Uh And if we do it often enough, you know, as a practice, then it becomes more like second nature for them. 
as well. Yeah. So, so, so this is, this is, you know, the simplicity of this program is it's, it's things we know, things we could be better at. And I'm mm-hmm. sure most of us would raise yeah. our hand on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So, so, oh, yeah. so yeah, I could be better at these. So let me practice. Yeah. So, I so. would, I, Don, Don, what I really love about the value of this program is something you just said. We can, there's, there's a couple of approaches, right? You can work directly with, with kids and teach them the skills. I mean, they can learn that in, in, in that format, but, and Christy and I are working in schools hmm. frequently find the, the, the difficulty, you know, the difficulty perhaps in one, you know, what would be conceived as taking instructional time for something like this sadly, but yet on the other hand, what we have been hearing and I, and I just heard this at, at meetings yesterday and last night, was that in student focus groups, the students are saying that their top priority and need is in this area. It is in mental and emotional well-being. It is in um, this, these four skills that you're talking about. They are they're seeing the priority in this, mm. and the kids are recognizing that this is something they want to do that they want to be better at. And if if schools are sort of struggling with how to do that, it does make perfectly good sense then and as far as parents and caregivers go that something as simple as modeling this as you mentioned it and sharing this at home is is a strategy that um that we have to also look at it can't just be something that happens in school that's taught to kids directly that's fine but to reinforce it and consistently and to experience it the value is really in the people who are with them all the time and who see them because sometimes kids can hold together at school and they hold it, oh, yeah. you know, Christy, we've talked about this. Kids can hold it together mm-hmm. in school. They come home mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. like, who are you? And, <laughs> you know, what is what has happened when you got off the bus and walked in this door yeah. and you've imploded on me? So I, I, I think that, um, that this is awesome because it, it is giving, you know, the parent, the caregiver, whoever it might be in that child's life, there's these four life skills Um to you know, to share with them. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know what you're saying is is exactly what I was thinking in the design of this is that the schools can do this to a certain extent, you know, but they're giving this kind of knowledge, the kind of knowledge that they're used to giving. And what we want is that modeling knowledge, that practice knowledge, so that it's just in you to do it. Yeah. Not, oh, I have to think of rule number three. Okay. That, that doesn't really work under pressure. No. <laughs> you know, and I think the kids understand that, too, is that we really need to practice. So, so practice is something that, that we, you know, wanted to set up and work with so that that was also something that we were doing for our mental health and our physical health for that Mm -hmm. matter. So each one of these skills, the module for the skill also contains an activity to do a, a sort of a big term. So for paying attention and understanding what's happening with us, we say, go for a walk as as you know and probably everybody at this point knows if you go for a 10-minute walk 
things change in you yeah. big time. You yeah, know, your, absolutely. your, your whole mood will change in that 10 minutes. You can do it outside in nature. It really changes. You know, you can, you can, you can do it on a downtown street. It's fine. Um, so this idea of walking as being the mm -hmm. vehicle for sharing this skill of attention. Let's go look at this. Let's look mm -hmm. at that. Oh, look at that tree. Look at that bird. So so the, these activities are really meant to keep this out of sort of the when the kid comes home and is melting down situation. So the kid comes home, let's go for, let's go for our walk. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So let, let's do that. Let's get something, let's get things loosened up. Let's get ourselves feeling differently. And then we can talk and then we can, you know, then we can do things. Um, so in order to support these activities mainly, and to also, offer people sort of insights into specific age groups and um, situations for children. We have a whole um, weekly podcast series. So it's, it's a, it's actually a live meeting that we run. It's a, it's a zoom webinar. Mm -hmm. So people can come and listen and contribute through the chat function and we bring on guests who can do these things for us. So just last Thursday, I had a fishing guide come on talking about paying attention. And so you can imagine that that taking your child fishing of a Saturday is a real chance to in a in a healthy away from the screens way right. <laughs> of of practicing these skills. There's nothing like having a big fish on your line and then losing it to help you recognize, you know, the feelings that you're having and what to do. And yeah. so this is this is the kind of thing that we talked about. And also the levels of attention that you pay, right? Yeah. Being, out, being out in nature, seeing the birds, seeing the minks running along the riverbank, seeing all that kind of stuff, you know, like I say, changes us, gives us a new perspective, gives us something more to look at. So the idea is that, you know, in in these meetings, in the podcasts that are recorded and that you can listen to forever and ever because they're in our resource file. Mm hmm for for each of the skills um you can you can learn about kids at the age that your kids are or at the capability level the ability level that your kids are so that you really get a sense of okay so that's how I can work. That's how I can model. That's those. These are the kinds of things I can do. So that's the idea there. And we've had some really great conversations um, with people from various levels. So we had um, a, a early childhood educator on talking about actually some research that she had done using particularly the attention and emotion regulation skill with three and four year olds. Huh. And and just how astonished the parents were 
with the outcomes. I mean, they, you know, the parents were involved and they were helping to teach the kids um, vocabulary around their emotions. So it's that thing that I described earlier. Right. When the child can say to you, you know, I'm really upset right now. Uh, you know, um, uh, I'm feeling like I'm losing whatever, you know, mm-hmm. if, yeah. if, if the child can express that to you, then they don't need to do that thing in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do that thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that's, that changes people's lives just, yeah. you know, all around. It changes the whole way the family works. If the, if the child can understand what's going on and speak about it. So that's, that's like the mini version. That's like the three and four year old version of um, getting through a distressing time in the grocery store and communicating clearly about it, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so, so you can, you can do it at that level and you can do it at the teen level. You know, if our teens understood how they were feeling, understood that there are ways of working with it. And as we get more into those modules, we'll be giving sort of that material from dialectical behavior therapy, from, you know, ideas that are close to that. So we're I guess the other thing that I want to say is we're very, very evidence based with this. Mm. The evidence, the evidence for walking is huge. Right. You know, yeah. we, right. we, we had one of the one of the kinesiology professors on from Westchester yeah. talking about that and talking about how you don't have to do 10,000 steps. You know, that's a total myth. Yeah. You know, yeah. anything you can do is going to be an improvement over and right. doing something. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Right. Yeah. So so lots and lots of um, backup for you as you're doing the program in these weekly meetings, which you can pick up anytime on Spotify. Listen, listen in the car. Yeah. Right. That's the deal. Well, so it seems to me, too, and this is a a thing that a theme that I'm seeing come across with different, I consume, I mean, we make a podcast for parents, not claiming that we're experts, but that we are parents themselves and we bring in the experts to talk Mm -hmm. to. And, you know, there's a thing, but I consume a lot of parenting content. Like I listen to a lot of parent podcasts. I, I, a lot of stuff falls into my feed on Instagram, which I was probably spending too much time on. Um, but there, it's interesting because this sounds a lot like even though this technically is a parenting program for you to help support your kids' mental health, these are also things that help you yourself as a parent to be a better parent. Yeah. Like, and it, it reminds totally. me of this, this, I think it's Jennifer Wallace is the author and she wrote a book called Never Enough. And I think we've talked about this before in other episodes and I'll link it mm-hmm. in the show notes. But she talks about how the resiliency of any child is there's a direct evidence based correlation to the resiliency of the parents. Th- those two outcomes are completely linked. So if you want a kid to be resilient and be OK, the first thing you have to look at is how, what is their home life like? How, how resilient is their parent? And so even if you were just to do these little exercises, you do feel better, 
when you're, and it does take practice. And I, and I even have noticed this with myself because when you were saying, notice how I feel, that's like literally what my therapist says to me when we're talking about things. I want you to stop for a minute. I want you to notice how you feel when you're talking about that one thing. How does your body feel? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. and then I have to go Mm -hmm. through and talk about it and all of that. But a lot of this is noticing you feel better when you feel like your brain is able to be like, stop, take a minute, take a breath, try to regulate. Like you as a person in general, regardless of if you're by yourself, if you're dealing with something stressful at work, if you're dealing with a kid that's melting down or that is whatever they're doing, like you feel better as a person in general, moving through the world because you are able to do that, that whole tolerating distress thing better. So I'm just, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm seeing this more and more and feeling like, I feel like there's a lot of things just for, I'm just speaking for myself where I'm like, well, what can I do to make this X, Y, Z better for my kid? But I feel like my, my frame of mind might be shifting to, okay, well, let me just like focus on myself because that's the stuff that I might, I feel real bad about is like, oh, I didn't handle that well with that kid or oh, I like popped off at that kid. Like that's my own stuff. That's not their stuff. And a lot of it is all of these things that you're describing in your program is you got to get right with yourself first and focus on yourself first because it will fall into place because then you're going to role model these resiliency skills. And that's, and that's what kids, kids don't really remember everything that you say to them. They remember how you make them feel like that's what they're going to remember, like more than anything else. And so, you know, it's like, are they going to remember? Wow. My mom yelled at me a lot and she had a short temper or am I going to remember like the things you were saying? Wow. When I was upset, my mom would hug me and she would pat me on the back and make sure I was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is, this is absolutely what we had in mind in the design of this. So it starts with the parents and it starts with the parents practicing these things. So, so the modules are about you the parent it's about the person who's doing the doing the module so then you are practicing at home right and you can you can choose to be explicit about it or you can choose to just do it yeah and just doing it is going to model for the child because it's gonna be different because you're in touch with yourself Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And and so the other the other thing I want to say, Chrissy, is that, you know, when you notice that, oh, I, I, I didn't handle that well at all. You can go right back to the child and say, you know, I didn't really handle that well at all. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd done that. Come here. Get, give me a hug, you know, or let me give you a hug because this was way off. Because those those repairs that we make with our kids are really a huge part of the texture of their resiliency. They know that the world is, you know, is able to be worked with, that it's malleable and that things can turn around. Yeah. You know, mom just yelled at me, but then she came and hugged me. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does that what does that say? How does that get into, you know, their experience? Mm-hmm. So this is this is the level that this program is working at. It's not working at the oh, I should do this in this situation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's working. Right. It's not that mechanical. It's, 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 it's I'm changing my heart. You know, I'm yeah. changing, I'm changing how I respond from my gut, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and kids so, do. And I could say, Christy, parent of adult kids, sadly, they do remember the times with <laughs> my kids, although with more humor attached uh -huh. to it now, or I perhaps may have grabbed them by the necking target or something. But <laughs> because I do seem to recall those, even though I have no memory, but they mm -hmm. seem to both agree. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But we do, as having adult conversations now, also talk about the things that we did do where it was the, yeah, I didn't handle that well, I'm really sorry. And those conversations that we also had stuck with them. And I can see it now in our adult conversations. Mm -hmm. that it made a difference mm -hmm. in, in how they handle things or, you know, react to things. So it, it is a blend. And I guess you just, I also never realized as much as how much was indirect. You know, Don was what you're saying. It wasn't intentionally saying or doing or teaching the things that have helped them were things that I didn't even realize mm. were messages yeah or the way things felt, or, you know, it wasn't an intentional thing I said or did, but that they picked up on and the, to this day still helps them. So I yeah. think that's the power of this too. It's yeah. not, we're going to sit down now and have instructional time on paying attention. Yeah. No, we took tons of walks, tons of canoeing, tons of hikes, tons of whatever, had big complicated conversations and dealt with things. And that's what they remember. And that's what they select now as their go-to. Mm, yeah. The, particularly the nature piece, the paying attention and all that. So it, it is so important um, to, to, to have those things to fall back on. Yeah. And that's, that's the other part of, of the thought about having a, a sort of a situation or an activity that goes with each of the skills. And so I, like I, did, I, like I didn't talk about all of them, but so walking is the first one. And then awe and beauty is the second one. So going out into nature, sitting together and looking at a picture book. And and you can do that with teenagers, too. I mean, the books are more sophisticated, but there's really cool stuff that you can look at together, you know, just for 10 minutes. And um, we, we actually have had a had a really good weekly thing with um, the the director of um, the education for the Brandywine Museum. She, she brought us some pictures from the museum and we looked at them together and saw how, you know, you don't need to know, you don't even know, need to know the story that goes with the illustration, but you can see things in it and talk about it and talk about how it makes you feel so that you're doing that whole thing again, you know? So, so sitting and listening to a piece of music together, maybe one that you choose and then one that your child chooses, you know, and okay, what are you hearing here? How is this making you feel? What's going on? Just, just to do that. We know the experience of awe and beauty has an effect on our physiology and our neurophysiology. So it changes our brain chemistry and it changes what's happening in our body. 
I, I mean, as I say, this is all evidence-based stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of um, work on awe and on the arts in, in mental mm-hmm. health, you know, just, just for years and years. This is, this is all this stuff is like 50 years worth of, yeah. of papers that you can read on it if you want. And, <laughs> so and, I'm, yeah. and I'm perfectly happy to offer them. Usually I offer like one really good book in the resources if you, if you really want to dig in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we've been going so far. But there, there's tons and tons of evidence showing that these things help. So uh, awe and beauty and then making stuff, mm. you know, even if it's just being together in the kitchen and making pancakes or whatever, right. doing that, it gives your child a sense of agency in the world. Hey, I can change the world. Look, there weren't pancakes and now there are. I mean, that, that's, that seems like a stupid statement, but, no. but when you, when you look at it at that, I'm putting this into my gut. Yeah. I can make things in this world. I can make this world different, you know, and, and you play it out into, yeah, I can make a song. I can make a picture. I can do all those things that, that we know, are valuable one to others and two to ourselves, you know? So we're, so we're sort of inviting people to find how that works for them. Right. So could be making anything, building a boat in your basement and then not being able to get it out, (laughs) which I almost did. Sounds like like you've experienced it. So, so, you know, there's, there's all those kinds of things that, that go into the making part. And then the final one is belonging. And this is the one that's closest to my heart, you know, because I think it's something that we're losing in our Mm -hmm. society. And, and that and that that accelerated during the pandemic, you know, yeah. is just having a community of people that you're with on a regular basis that you contribute to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of membership stuff. Oh, yeah, I belong to the museum. I belong, you know, I subscribe. Right. I subscribe to this concert series. Fine. That is not belonging right belonging is i'm committed i do things and i and people count on me yeah. so kids don't you know kids in sports maybe they have that feeling and, and you know and 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 you're sort of going like well maybe maybe, maybe not yeah it is maybe maybe not yeah right. how do we how do we make it personal how do we make it yeah i'm committed to this i'm doing that and so that's just a big question and there is all the evidence you could possibly oh. want on if you are an active member of some Absolutely. group and have that social connection you're physically healthier and mentally healthier yep it's like, it's like one of the very few things we totally know in public yeah, health. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Don, just I think to your point, um, we had a conversation yesterday about this. We were looking at protective factors and, of course, around the conversation of mental health. Um, and Christy and I looked at this with data that we have that we work with in mental health and drug and alcohol and the protective factor of belonging and connectedness. And we were talking about uh, student um, suspensions and expulsions and just disciplinary and Mm -hmm. violators of policy things. 
And across the board, just anecdotally, administrators and folks were saying the students who typically find themselves in those situations are also across the board students who are disconnected, that don't belong, that seem to be outliers, that are unable to perhaps identify at least even one adult that they're close to um, in the building. And so it's, it's easy to identify that. That seems to be the commonality across the group, but yet, and the answer seems kind of simple, but yet it's very challenging to what is it, you know, what, what's the barrier to them belonging? What's the, you know, how do we do that in a school setting? How do we create a climate and a place where kids really do feel that they, um, they belong, they're safe, they're heard, they're seen and they contribute. Yeah. In some way. So having this be built into this program, um, you know, we talk about the mental health crisis and there's, you know, there's a lot of ideas about how to address it, but these are really basic. And to me, they, they don't cost money. Um, they're not necessarily time consuming. Um, but then it's also something when I learned that as a, as a kid, you know, when we talk about loneliness and the CDC talks about the epidemic of loneliness and talks about the number of the chronic conditions Mm -hmm. tied to loneliness. And then the CDC said number of years off of your life and the quality of your life due to loneliness and the pandemic, you know, um, obviously exacerbating that. Um, It it is need to be, I think the kids having this early on as part of this life skill, then that's something that they don't find themselves in as adults struggling with. I don't belong. I don't know my people. I don't know where I. So it just is, it's interesting today's converse, our conversation now is just a follow up and reinforces a meeting I was at yesterday where this was the point, one of the points was yeah. the belonging um, as part of the, of the mental health piece. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just want to punctuate what you were saying about it doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and this, yeah. this program is free and all its activities are free. And we do, the, the other thing that we do is actually activities in the community. So we did our first one um, a month or so ago at the Brandywine Conservancy, right by the museum. Mm -hmm. We had a walk for parents and their kids, and we walked along the Brandywine. That's a great walk. I love that. that Isn't that a great walk? We walked walked along, we looked at the birds, we looked at the trees, which still had beautiful colored leaves Uh, on them and all that kind of stuff. And um, what we did was to to make this real, to make it really apparent the skill of paying attention. We started with checking in. Okay, how are you feeling right now mm-hmm. about where you are and about what's going on? And you could see the kids; they were sort of you know, all withdrawn. They were like leaning against mom, and mm-hmm. you know. How are you feeling? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So we wa- we walked for ten minutes along the along the river and looked yeah. at everything that we could see. We were just you know, look at this leaf, look at this, boom, all the way along. We stopped ten minutes in and did another check in. The kids were standing by themselves. We asked them how they were feeling. They were like, "I'm happy." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so just that 10 minute turnaround, you know, of, of how they were feeling and how they were interacting with their world. 
I mean, it was it was really astonishing. And and so we came back and then they had a chance actually to respond to their experience by making art. And and then because the Brandywine Museum is so nice to us, they let the people come in for free and and look at the exhibits. And of course, there there was a great exhibit still is until the end of January. Yeah. A, a, a great exhibit of children's book illustrations that that knocked my socks off. I I, I went through. It's it's great, but and, and that's why I'm saying sit and look at a picture book. Mm-hmm. That's awe and beauty right there, mm-hmm. you know. And doesn't cost you anything. You go to the library, you get twenty of them. <laughs> Walk out and and do this thing for ten minutes, and everybody changes. Everybody's more attentive and closer to each other so so with this don with this program i know you said it's online but do you have an app is it an app or is it just a website so it is a website that you come to and i want to talk a little bit about that too thank you for prompting me there Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Hey, Karen. Oh, I know what that shuffling means. The snowball shuffle is almost here. Can you believe it? CTC's third annual snowball shuffle 5K run and one mile walk is Saturday, March 2nd at Eagle View Town Center. Awesome. Last year was so fun. Are we doing a hot chocolate station again this year? You better believe it. We're also having a sweet treat table team contests with prizes, a raffle, and more. Make sure you bring the whole family. Wow. I love that this is a family event that also supports CTC's mission to empower individuals to live healthier lives and our programs like this podcast, our parent groups, and our youth hype clubs. Absolutely. CTC counts on donations to support everything we do. Okay. So where do we go for more information and to sign up? Go to runsignup.com and search Snowball Shuffle to register. And while you're there, you can also create a fundraising team too. Great. I will be sure to add the registration link to our show notes too. We hope to see you March 2nd at the Snowball Shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. So when you come to lifeskillspa.org... Okay, um, you will see a, a short video is, is is waiting there for you. You just click play, and it gives you a whole overview of the project. And you scroll down to the next little part of it, and it's what's on tap for these weekly meetings. So we're actually doing our first our first one with our. Um, Spanish-speaking interviewer. Oh. She, she's interviewing me and then translating me. So, so it's it's kind of a bilingual one. Great. But, but so each each month we will we will have um, one of the weeklies in Spanish, and we'll have several um, Spanish podcasts over the time. And the awesome. whole program, we're hoping by the end of January, everything that we have up will also be available in Spanish. 
So I'm just uh, hey, that's awesome. there. Yeah. So, so you, you can see what's coming up. The, then you can see the past ones mm-hmm. and uh, click on them and play them from our web, right from our website. Um, and then as you scroll down, you will see a big uh, logo for the, for 988. Right. Mm-hmm. The the mental health emergency, not nine one one, nine eight eight. And I it, this is the second year for nine eight eight, right? And it is a really terrific thing to for us to have. Mm-hmm. No one knows about it. Yeah. You know, the, the statistics are there needs to be but, more yeah, yeah, production. So, yeah. so we're so we're really pushing 988 uh, you know like if your child is in crisis yeah. please dial 988 right mm-hmm. now and we also have five little videos so there's there's a video telling you why you should call 988 mm-hmm. and how far superior it is to 911 mm-hmm. or a trip to the emergency yeah and then there is one on how you take care of you when your child is in crisis. So really the first thing you need to do is to get hold of yourself, right? So there's two skills that we teach in three minutes. The first skill is to avoid avoiding. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if you think something's going on, something's going on. Mm. It's, it's not going to go away. You're not wrong. Yeah. Right. So, so just move. And the second one is the stop skill. And it's the one we've been talking about all this time. So it's S T O P. Mm-hmm. So you notice something's happening. Stop. Just take a step back and take a breath. Right. So the T gets double play there so take a step back take a breath and observe what do i see what's happening here what's happening with my child what's happening with me and then when you understand that you'll pretty much know what you need to do and you can proceed which is the p And so it's really good advice. It comes at you, you know, when you need it, if you want to click on that one. Then we have um, videos by two um, psychiatric nurses talking about, one, working with kids who are 10 and under, Mm -hmm. and then working with tweens and teens. And these are both really highly practiced people been in the biz, you know, 40 years. Um, One, one is also a psychologist um, and grandmom as well as mom. So really (laughs) has deep personal knowledge of what she's speaking of. And the other, the other guy is um, a retired Marine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who, be, who, yeah. be, who was a psychiatric who was a psychiatric nurse and he does the thing with his teenage his 16 year old daughter okay and mm-hmm. so they they run some scenarios for us as to how things might oh, look nice. and oh, that's awesome. how you yeah. might handle situations and then the final piece is you know a plea to when everybody's safe come back and take the course mm-hmm. 
because you need to be doing these things and you need to be modeling them, especially if your child is now in treatment, Mm -hmm. because you'll be learning what they're learning. And unfortunately, the way um, things get paid for in our uh, mental health uh, situation, Mm -hmm. um, parents don't get invited in the way it's intended. You know, it's intended with these kinds of practices of, you know, attention and and emotion regulation that the parents be learning them, polishing them up and be aware of them, too. Yeah, it's just just the missing piece. Yeah, it is. And so so that's that's also a, a reason for this program to be wow. out there. That part done is so okay. important. Yeah, what you just really said, because kids, you can't send them off to go get fixed. Mm-mm. You just, and then I'll deal you know, when you come back, you'll be all fixed and we're just good to go. You just said it, it's yeah. so important that we're learning alongside with them for yeah. ourselves and yeah. to support them. Yeah. It's Everything important. has to change. Not Everything. Because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So remind us what the website is again. It's life. So it's, lifeskillspa.org. Okay. And then parents can sign up and this is all free funded. Thanks to a grant from every part of it is free. Uh Every part. And I am available at least for, um, probably, well, at least into March of 2025 to come and speak to any groups and do anything that I can do to help parents Uh get engaged with this. And this is funded through a grant from the Department of Human Services? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just want to make sure we give them a shout out to make sure. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know. um, yeah. I want to do this program. And I like it because you said each of the modules is broken down into three to five minute pieces. And I mean, I can't tell you just because you I consume a lot of podcasts, but the way that I listen usually is like if I'm just like cleaning my house, like putting my laundry, like, and also sometimes when I'll walk out, sometimes when I walk outside, I'm not really paying attention to everything around me. I'm listening to a podcast while I walk or I run, but you know, this could be a thing that I do. I listen to while I go and then turn it off and then practice the thing of paying attention and listening and looking around and doing all of that. That is it. It's the practice part that really matters. And so in our resources that go with each module, we have practices. So we have, you know, attention practices that are recorded that you can do. You know, you can pay attention to things as simple as how your feet feel on the floor. Mm. So you do that for two minutes. That changes how you are. You know, if you if you if you look at how you are before, pay attention to your feet for two minutes and look at how you are after you're different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to give everybody my favorite thing that that my wife and I have talked about for a million years. And um, it's the 20 minute rule is that you are not going to feel the same in 20 minutes. You know, everybody thinks, oh, this is never going to end. I'm going to be crying forever. And it's like, unless you talk yourself into that, unless Uh you really work at it, you're going to be different in 20 minutes. Mm. You can set your watch and check in in 20 minutes. I like that. And see if you're different. Yeah. That's a good mantra. The 20 minute it, 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 it gives you a, it gives you a sense of, yeah, you know, 
it's nothing's forever, mm. which which is both good and bad, right? <laughs> Depending on where you're at, but that's how it is. That's right. that's our reality. Is that nothing stays, right? Oh my gosh! Nothing gold can stay, as Robert Frost said. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But again, what I just what I love about this are some of the things that you, that you were highlighting is, um, yes, this is for even we talk again about about mental health. Um, where there, and there's a lot of barriers and there's whether there's cost barriers or transportation barriers or just the fact that there are not folks available to, you know, to access because there's waiting lists and all. This is a program and resources that are evidence based with you've curated an amazing group of folks who come together to share their expertise and their years of experience that is available. It is available in a very simple, you know, format um for parents and for all you know as we're saying caregivers because we know we have a lot of grandparents who are yeah. caring for children now we have you know very much different situations in homes for kids so it's anyone who's providing care yep. to kids and so what that's what I, I love about this is the the easy access to this and the practical and how it helps not only the child but the the folks who are in that caregiving role and i really believe it's going to make a difference i mean we know as you said there's tons of evidence to say that this helps with quality of health and mental health and all the things that we're trying to achieve. So yeah. I think that's uh, I think that we have all the information as far as like resources and how folks can yeah. access this and we're yeah. going to help you awesome. communicate this. Yeah. I very so much appreciate audience. it. Yeah. 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 This is great. I'm it has been wonderful talking with you. I've enjoyed myself. I know. Thank you. There's so many things that just this touches on. And I just, it just, it's those things where it really is these things that I think it can be easy to be like, does this really matter? Like how much of a difference is this going to make? But like, this is the stuff that if you do this now, you're, it's going to pay you back in dividends later. Like, and that's the thing that I, as a parent, try to remember of, okay, I'll do like the quick little thing, like, you know, and just, it's okay if my house is a mess, but let me just sit with my kid for a minute and we'll read a book or like dance in the kitchen or, you know, make some muffins or whatever it is. Like, cause I think it's, it's hard when you're really so busy to create that time and space, but that seems to be the theme that has ever been emerging over the past like two years or so that yeah. we've had this podcast yeah. is time and space. Absolutely. So yep. Don, this is great. Thank you so much for being with us today. Okay. Thank you. So thank you everyone for joining us today. You will find sh- um, links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And if you haven't subscribed or are not following our podcast yet, please click the little check mark or the plus mark. Um, in whatever app you're using to listen to us to stay up to date on our latest episodes. And again, we would love it if you would share it with a friend or give us a five-star review would be great on Apple Podcasts or even like an actual leave words review because that helps other people find us. So we will talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Thank you.